If you think Lu Zhejun woke up one morning after winning his third Olympic gold medal, put his head in his hands and moped, you know what, I'm 38 years of age, three-time Olympic gold medalist, 6% body fat and completely natural. The body isn't quite what it used to be when I started clean and jerking over 200 kilos 15 years ago, so I've got no choice here but to secretly try one of these PEDs that only the scary Russians used on that Icarus documentary. Welcome to the Waiting Game Podcast, a podcast where I attempt to bring more dialogue into the world of Olympic weightlifting and share my experiences and perspectives in the sport and resistance training in general. It was a perspective I wish was more accessible during my earlier years of training, so here is my attempt to bring that value to those who may be seeking it. And welcome slash belated Merry Christmas to all the listeners to the podcast. I'm Brandon Wakeling, Olympian and multiple time representative of the Commonwealth Games. And for this episode, I thought I would cover something that has been pretty big news in the world of weightlifting. I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast would know talking about the recent provisional suspension of Lu Jun. Now, this wasn't a topic I was initially going to cover, but because it's been pretty big news and I haven't really touched on this subject yet, being performance-enhancing drugs, I thought this would be fitting for this episode. So, starting with Lu Jun, for those that don't know all of his credentials, he's obviously a Chinese lifter. He's 38 years of age. He's a three-time Olympic gold medalist, that being London 2012 when he won gold. Rio 2016, he actually won silver at that event. But in March this year, the Kazakhstani Nijet Rahimov was stripped of his gold medal for being done for urine substitution. So through the use of doppelgangers and then just other clean urine samples, it was, I think, four times he was done for that. So lost his gold medal, and then Lu Zhejun moved into gold for that one. And then finally, of course, Tokyo 2020, where he won gold as well. Plus, he's also a five-time world champion outside of the Olympic Games, plus one silver. He's also won several championships at the continental and national level as well, which is not easy to do in China at their national events because of the huge pool of elite lifters in that country. Now, for those that don't follow him on Instagram, He had actually taken a full year off since winning the Tokyo 2020 Olympics and then decided at the age of 38 that he was going to come back and try for another Olympics. And upon arrival back to training, you could see by his videos he looked gaunt and at least, I would say, 8 kilos lighter than his former self at the Tokyo Olympics. From there, however, you saw as the weeks passed, his strength and size was coming back really fast. And that led to October 30th this year, where he was drug tested. And then only just recently, those drug test results come back positive for EPO, which is actually an unusual drug for someone in the sport of weightlifting to use, as it's typically taken by doping cyclists to help modify their body's capacity to transport oxygen, and therefore increase stamina and endurance. But the specific drug taken is beside the point, as I'm sure there was a reason that they took it. This episode has more to do with my commentary and thoughts on the topic itself. So firstly, when I'm asked if I'm shocked by the recent news of him being caught on performance-enhancing drugs, 
Not even in the slightest. I'm about as shocked from this as I was with the recent exposure of the Liver King's long list of steroid use. Although I was surprised that a Chinese athlete was caught, as the last international level Chinese lifter to actually get caught for performance enhancing drugs goes all the way back to 2015. But now with this recent case, am I sad that we won't be able to see the great Lu Jiajun lifting on the platform again? No, I honestly couldn't care less. Long story short, as a clean athlete that has managed to compete at the Olympic level in the sport, my idealistic aspiration is that everyone who disrespects the social contract between competitors regarding fair play and the blatant disregard for the written rules around doping should be given far more serious penalties than the current penalties we have in place, as it's obviously not working. But, as I just said, that's very idealistic of me to think, and we don't nor should we live in a utopian society where everyone just blindly follows the rules and everything is perfect. Hence, why it's good to have a realistic view on the world. If I were to say, just fixate on the negative, I would just be constantly inundated with anger and resentment for everything and everyone. Now, does this topic of doping and weightlifting get me to this state from time to time? 100% it does. Hence, why I have to remind myself constantly to be realistic on this topic, and life in general. And it relates to a question that I've been asked from time to time, which is why do I even bother even trying to succeed in the sport of weightlifting when a significant portion of the athletes, coaches, federations and countries in general don't have any plan on following the anti-doping policy? My long-winded answer to that would be, let's say I do that. Let's say I'd had enough and I quit the sport of weightlifting and I say, right, there's too much corruption in this sport too many people that don't follow the rules, I'm going to take up road cycling instead. Little to my knowledge, it's not much better. How about I take up professional boxing instead? Hmm, weird. Still not any better. I know. How about I quit weightlifting sport altogether, let's cross out sport in general, and I'm going to try climb the corporate ladder instead. Then to my dismay, If I look hard enough and try to sift through all the good people, I'm going to find people in every single avenue that don't play by the rules. So now I'm left with two options here, considering I stick to weightlifting in this specific scenario. So it's either I continue on the path I'm currently on, or I adopt the if you can't beat them, join them saying, and start trying to secretly take PEDs in order to compete with the others doing the same thing. I personally, if you haven't got the gist of this podcast so far, don't respect the latter. So I'll give you a quick rundown of why I personally don't partake in trying to beat the bad actors in the sport at their own game by trying to secretly take performance-enhancing drugs myself. And there's two reasons for this. The first one being essentially my personal values and integrity. Now, I don't want to sit here and signal my virtue here acting like I'm so high and mighty because I'm not. So, essentially, I'll just put it as this. If I compromise my values and beliefs in the pursuit of a piece of metal and I achieve it, that metal, every time I look at it, is going to be a symbol of deception, dishonesty, and cowardice. Even without the metal, my reflection of my career once I retired will honestly be pretty depressing knowing that I couldn't even do myself proud in the process. 
Now, secondly, it's the importance of being a good role model and respecting the power of influence, more importantly. Now, some people may use this power of influence to deceive for their own personal gain. Take the Liver King, for example, who I brought up earlier. People may think his secret steroid abuse is harmless on the surface level, but he leveraged that physique that he had significantly enhanced through a substantial amount of steroids to then sell his nine ancestral tenants or whatever it's called. Essentially selling the dream to people to then attain his results through buying his products. Now relating that back to weightlifting. If I was say taking PEDs secretly and posting everywhere on social media, you can be like me if you just train like me and do X. And one youth lifter out there takes that as gospel and then tries to emulate me and then leads to either, say, a significant injury or performance-enhancing drug abuse at a young age once he or she discovers the fraudulence of my character that I was trying to portray. Then that's a burden that I would have to carry with me for my actions, and it's not exactly one that I'm willing to take. Not to mention the positive role model I'm trying to be for my daughter as well. I couldn't imagine if my daughter grew up wanting to be like me in the pursuit of weightlifting, only to have an old frozen drug test of mine, which would finally come back positive, say, 10 years from now. Great parenting 101, that would be. Now, let me digress from me waffling on about why I don't partake in taking PEDs. I think we get the point on that. So do I think that everyone else who takes PEDs are taking these performance enhancers purely out of malevolence and are laughing their way to winning medals at major events? No, I actually don't. There's a lot more to this than purely at the individual level. Let's take Lu Zhejun's recent drug positive, for example. If you think Lu Zhejun woke up one morning after winning his third Olympic gold medal, put his head in his hands and moped, you know what, I'm 38 years of age, three-time Olympic gold medalist, 6% body fat, and completely natural. The body isn't quite what it used to be when I started clean and jerking over 200 kilos 15 years ago. So I've got no choice here but to secretly try one of these PEDs that only the scary Russians used on that Icarus documentary. Why this is not the case is because just like in that Icarus documentary, Russia is certainly not the only country that has a state-sponsored doping regime. Hence, the onus can't purely be on the individual involved, but also the state itself. Continuing on with the Lou scenario, he, for instance, was scouted from 8 years old from a 100-meter sprint race he participated in at school. Now, obviously, Lou didn't have the foresight at 8 years old to know that he could potentially grow up in a sporting system with potential drug use. For most of the weightlifters in that country, specifically being China, they come from poor farming families where their only concern is not disappointing the family and trying their best to get them out of poverty. Now, this doesn't mean I feel sorry for these athletes by any means. If I could click my fingers and every doping weightlifter be taken out of the competition pool for life, alongside any other staff or players in the game assisting the drug use, they'd be gone. But as I said earlier, life isn't fair in any realm even outside of weightlifting. So the best thing you can do, aside from having the optimism in noticing that there definitely are good players in this space, is do and try the best you possibly can for you specifically, without having to feel the need to push for cheating. Which may give short-term gain if you get away with it at first, but it's going to inevitably lead to long-term pain, whether that be a pay for it physically or mentally. And on that note, I think I'll wrap it up there. 
this is obviously a very complex subject with a lot of variables that I didn't get to address here, so it's another topic which I could revisit in a future podcast, but for now, I'll end it at this. And as always, I thank everyone who does listen to this podcast, and I will see you all in the new year. See you later.